Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and I have my partner in crime, Jill Hamilton, senior editor at news.clearancejobs.com, joining me today. And we're going to talk about some of the data that we are seeing from the Security Clearance Compensation Survey. So, Jill, thanks for joining me. And I'm really excited to see all of the different white papers that you put together that comes out from this data. So how are things going with that? Yeah, the data just rolled in. And thank you to everybody who took the time to fill out that compensation survey. Super helpful. It's helpful, I think, for yourself as well as for others in in the industry. I think it helps recruiters keep up with, you know, what compensation is looking like around the industry. So yeah, so I mean, it's great because we get data in a lot of different ways. You know, we get data from the compensation survey. Then there's also just like the, for the profiles on clearance job site from jobs that are posted, we can kind of give you an idea of not just what salaries are out there, but also, you know, what jobs are popular, what candidates are looking to get into. So that's, you know, it's really helpful to have all those different insights. Definitely. And, you know, I will just give a plug for us. We are the largest cleared career marketplace online today. And so we have like 1.4 million users. We have over 2,000 defense contractors and agencies that use us and close to, I think, 8,000 cleared recruiters that have a seat on our site. So we have a very large database in and of itself, aside from the Security Clearance Compensation Survey, that you can use as a tool, whether it's searching for potential small business partners, if you're going after efforts. And yeah, like you alluded to, kind of looking at the different job categories that candidates are preferring as we kind of embark on 2024. And so let's talk about some of this data that we're going to lean in to today. Why don't you explain it to us? Yeah. So we get to look at what our candidates put out on, on clearance jobs on the site, just what they're re- what they're saying, the preferred industry they want to be working in. Generally speaking, that comes from what they're already doing and want to stay in. And so it, it, it maps pretty consistently just for like where people's interests are with what I see on the compensation report as well. But it just helps to look at, you know, especially for recruiters out there, or if you're a candidate, you're like, what are some popular career fields that others are in? Whether that means I want to go in a different direction (laughs) where there's not as many people, or that just means, oh, this is a growing field. I want to kind of do a deep dive into that. Uh, We just have a lot of different ways that we can help both candidates and companies in this clear job market. That's really, you know, pretty unique. So, yeah, so this is what the most popular uh, career fields are that candidates say they're looking for. Okay, cool. And so let's talk about the top five to 10 or so, and we'll include uh, all of the top categories in the article that's going to be posted at news.clearancejobs.com. One that Maybe it surprised you, Jill, but it didn't surprise me just because this is kind of the industry that I come from when I supported industry, mm-hmm. and that's intelligence. That was kind of the top preferred yeah. job category or industry. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it it's not 
that's surprising. You know, I do see a lot of IT, generally speaking, on the compensation survey, but I think that's good that the top one listed, I mean, these are job preferred, like candidates preferring this like in the thousands and like tens of thousands. So, and it comes out on top. I think that's great, especially like for people who are like strong, soft skills, you know, you can do, um, you analyze data, you can write reports, you know, all those different skill sets that maybe you're not high on, you know, going for IT certifications, but you have these different skill sets. It's definitely, it's definitely a field to lean into. Sure. And well, the other reason it doesn't really surprise me is because we have so many folks that are transitioning out of the military each year and each armed forces branch generally has an intelligence shop. And so that intelligence category that we saw at number one, that can include human, geoint, uh, linguistics, SIGINT, OSINT, spatial intelligence, to to name a few of those intelligence analysis categories. And so that was our top preferred job category. So what came in at number two? So at number two, it's military and law enforcement, which again, kind of like as your point from the last time is not super surprising. You know, people coming out of the military, this could be a natural transition for them, um, depending upon you know, what roles they played before, you know, obviously different than the intelligence field, but there's a lot of people coming out of the military that would have those skill sets and want to get into uh, military and law enforcement. But that does come in at number two, even outpacing, you know, some of the IT IT roles. Sure. And just to back it up a little bit, just for the job seekers that might be listening in today, if you are searching on clearancejobs.com, and of course, you're going to have to kind of tweak your keywords and Boolean searches a little bit, but looking at specific to intelligence analysis roles, those roles listed on our site that include intelligence analysis, there's upwards of 2,000 jobs listed. So I think kind of just thinking about the candidates and what they prefer, equating to what the jobs are open, we have plenty of candidates to fill those just over 2,000 jobs. And again, you're going to have to play with the the keyword searches. And then in the law enforcement realm, we have close almost 1,500. And so again, with those transitioning out of the military, every military base needs law enforcement and needs military police. So that kind of makes sense for me at number two. Yeah. I think you bring up a really great point where you can take each of these ones that we're saying and go search our site on the jobs and you can see those job categories there. If that's something that interests you, you know, you can then do a deep dive into all the different types of jobs that that are open for that and the different employers. Because you bring up a really great point in just how like using our site, you were saying this earlier, you know, like sometimes when I'm, you know, you and I are we're out of job fairs a lot and I'm talking to people and they're like, I'm going to transition probably in a year and a half to two years out of the military. You know, that's a great, it's definitely, you should at least be on our site, even if you don't have a profile yet, mm-hmm. even if you wait for a little bit closer to when you're fully transitioned out. But at the same time, those last couple of years, you can definitely still search all the jobs. You can see what's out there, see what interests you, see what jobs you're doing now and, and kind of like start to piece things together. There's just so many different useful ways you could use our our, our site. So anyway, I'll step off my soapbox right. now. 
<laughs> well, no, and I know that I tell people that at events all the time, like, even if you're two years out, I don't think it hurts to have a profile on our site, because at least at that point, you can field what kind of messages you're getting from recruiters and see what the job landscape looks like. You can always tell them, be honest about your out day and just say, hey, I'd love to be placed on your pipeline list or upload my resume to your internal applicant tracking system. Because at, at that point, at least your contact information is in a few different places. So when you do get to that six month and three month mm -hmm. mark where you're going to start formally applying places, you're kind of you set yourself up for success. Okay, so coming in at number three, this one, again, not really surprising, IT security, which that can mean a number of different things that can be I'm assuming cybersecurity is included in that. So protecting your networks, also information security. I know that physical security is actually a little bit lower on the list, which we'll get to, but you know, not surprising the amount of IT security <laughs> positions available kind of... There's like 4,000 jobs available for IT security category Well, right, now. right. And that's where the discrepancy is on this one, because we know mm -hmm. that there aren't enough candidates to meet the amount of openings, particularly for cyber. And so this kind of just shows to recruiters, okay, we have candidates that are hungry for this job category. They might not fit every single requirement from your government customer. But I know that we've also written about that recently in terms of like, are degrees going to go away as a requirement? I am going to say not anytime soon. But I mean, that's kind well, of- Well, maybe for the federal government, but it's going to take a bit for contractors to, to trickle over to those requirements. Right. But, but that's kind of the narrative that has been happening for a while. I know even when I was recruiting, it was like, okay, I have this candidate who, you know, has good experience. They have great personality traits for some of these technical- jobs, but they're just missing, you know, this degree, or they just don't have this certification that you're looking for. Like, so I, I, yeah. I think this kind of lends to the bigger conversation that if we're going to, to be innovative and agile when it comes to attracting and retaining talent for the national security industry, we may need to change things up a bit, but I digress. <laughs> you're, you're on the right. We'll, we'll, we'll be on our soapboxes the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Always. All right. Number four. You want me to do that one? Sounds good. <laughs> we got management, which is, I love, I love this one because it's, you know, I worked in project management, uh, started out my career in national security, didn't know what I want to do with my business degree and got right in at a uh, defense contractor. And it just really opened my eyes working in program management, overseeing different small projects, or just even as assisting on different programs. There's just so many management opportunities because every program needs a manager. <laughs> and so like, I, you know, we will talk, talk to a lot of people and, you know, we're out in the, out in the wild and, um, you run into a lot of people who have the management skills and I'm like, definitely look for project management or program management. There's also even like, if you, you can manage inside your company, the team, you know, so maybe you can be like a team lead and in, in, internally, and it's not necessarily just on one project. So there's just a lot of different management opportunities. Yeah. And this one, Jilly, I have to tell you, I kind of have beef with it because from a recruiting standpoint, it is incredibly tough as a contractor to be able to convince a core or a contracting officer representative, unless you really know them really well, or unless they know the candidate really well, that they would be a good fit for management on a program. 
because if they don't have exactly the experience that they're looking for and it's it's really hard to kind of break into the program management or even task lead industry if you don't already have an in for example all of the programs that I staffed for all of the team leads had been working on the programs for like 10 plus years. And that's just a team lead. Mm -hmm. And so anybody coming in from the outside, I think it's just, it's important from a candidate candidate's perspective, especially coming out of the military, your expectations should be realistic when it comes to the different levels that you're going to be applying for in the civilian world. So yeah, I got beef with that one too. I think you have a really great I, I think that's that's a good beef, but I don't know that that one's going to change either because like I, I do think what happens for the program management role, I think the company puts mm-hmm. their neck out in the line if they just blindly hire somebody for, that doesn't, they don't really have a connection with already because they're they're looking at their, the period of performance might not get extended if things go wrong. So it's almost better to go with mm-hmm. who you know and you think where you know where the problems are rather than all these unknowns with an unknown person but i do think for a candidate side that's where your networking comes in and if you get your foot in the door you might not get, start out with the role that you want you might need to take on like the financial person like manage the 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 contract financial systems which you know i mean i did that but or a documentation you start out with some of the support roles so you're right there poised and ready for the next contract that comes in the door to take on the lead management position, if that makes sense. So sometimes like, I think you're a hundred percent right. They're very unlikely to hire off the streets, the project manager, (laughs) unless they're desperate and they have nobody internally. But if they have somebody, they're going to want to like, at least have them on the contract to oversee. Right. Well, and that's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to career mobility and stuff like that. But you know, you actually reminded me of, I, I can't remember if it was a podcast guest or just someone that I met at a networking event, but they were talking about their background and how they were working as a technical writer for a government customer, uh, an IC agency. And they, you know, were working on documentation and kind of doing some of the things that a a project manager would do. Mm -hmm. And they just changed their job title on their resume. They said, you know, I'm a project manager. And I'm not I'm not <laughs> condoning lying, but she right. was doing some uh, using some of those skill sets and building on those. And she ended up mm-hmm. becoming a project manager at another organization for another agency. And that just kind of, you know, uh, catapulted her career into project management. So again, not saying that you yeah. should lie, but think about your job responsibilities, especially when you're coming into an interview and really hone, hone in on those skill sets if you're trying to pivot say from technical writing to project management, use that to your advantage a little bit. All right. We we can do a deep dive (laughs) on everything. Gosh. All right. So at number five, aerospace (laughs) and aviation, which obviously is huge. We got a lot as um, opening is in that. And it does kind of cross over into a lot of the different skill sets as well. Yeah. And so let's, I actually, I don't have this one pulled up, but let me check real quick on clearancejobs.com and say, see what kind of like space domain awareness analysis, Northrop Grumman has some flight and ground test operations, avionics engineer. So you're just going to get with this, I think, even this one, the Blackhawk instructor pilot from Lidos. But um, I think you're just going to get a lot of different types of options. Obviously, it's all going to kind of hover around aerospace and aviation. So that's going to be your central 
central thing that, you know, will, you know, you'll see in all the different types of jobs. So then you kind of get into what your specific job is and kind of, you can definitely search for jobs looking for like a job type, job category, go into location and then see what, what shows up there too. Even clearance level will help narrow it down more. Right. Well, and the other thing, particularly with this job category, aerospace or aviation, it's such a wide net within our industry. You can think of a number of customers that work within this space. And so sometimes, and companies for that matter. And so sometimes if there is not a job opening that you can really articulate that you're interested in, sometimes targeting the company or the agency and kind of going about the job search a little differently can help. Yeah, exactly. That's a good a good recommendation. Well, yeah, we're just going to tell you the top five today. And so I'll tease to the next few. We have IT support coming at number six, logistics, then physical security, IT software, and business support. So those are the top preferred job categories or industries. So this was all data from our candidate profiles at clearancejobs.com saying what their preferred job category or industry would be. So Jill, any closing thoughts before we close out this episode? Yeah, I just, I think there's just a lot of different opportunities. I think you mentioned it earlier where there's, um, you know, like over 50,000 open jobs on our site. You know, recruiters are definitely out there looking for cleared candidates and there's a lot of different openings and we do have a lot of candidates too. Um, so there's just, it's a, we, we definitely want to help you all. So if there's different questions that you have about, you know, going forward in your career or just different opportunities definitely reach out we'd love to hear from you you can always send us a note at editor at clearancejobs.com and for more information on what the job market looks like in national security you can always visit news.clearancejobs.com thank you for tuning in to this episode of Cleardcast. hit the subscribe button and share this episode with your friends and colleagues for more security clearance updates and national security career advice subscribe to news.clearancejobs.com If you have an active clearance, refresh your profile and search cleared careers at clearancejobs.com.